Psalm 29 and have it in front of you. I want to say this, this, this psalm, it's vast in scope, it's a visual in impact, it's visceral in feeling, and it's going to be the whole lot. You need to hold on and stay in there and with me. It's a, it's a big bite this morning. But there it is, the voice of the Lord in Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord. And this is part three in our series on facing 2024 with confidence. And as we are right here at the beginning of 2024, we really do want to be able to stand in the place of the sons of Korah in Psalm 46. And we really want to be able to say these words, don't we? That God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. And therefore we will not fear Though the earth give way in 2024 and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea in 2024, though its waters roar and foam and even the mountains quake with their surging in 2024. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Put the psalm open in front of you. The, the, the central theme of the psalm is not hard to see. You'll notice that it says six times the what? The voice of the Lord. It's the voice of Yahweh in Hebrew. It's the, it's the voice of the covenant God. It's the voice of the God who speaks to His people. It's the voice of Yahweh who speaks strength and blessing. And here in 2024, we need to hear the voice of our covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. Go down to verse 11. Here's how we've got to read it. It's a little bit difficult in the Hebrew, but it's, it's the Lord's voice that gives strength to His people. It's the Lord's voice that blesses His people with peace. Now, we had a little taste of it this morning with the kids' church, but we all know the power of a voice, don't we? A voice is able to break you, or build you up. A voice can breathe destruction. Or a voice can breathe life. Which is why Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle voice turns away wrath, but a harsh voice stirs up anger. We know the power of a voice. We know, for example, when a child is lost and separated from their parents, there is such instant relief when the child hears the voice of the parent. On the other hand, there is such relief in the parents when they hear the child crying. There is such pleasure in hearing a beautiful singing voice. Some of you sing beautifully. Some of you don't. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm one of those. We, we, we all know the experience of saying to someone on the phone, it's so good to hear your, your voice. Well, we, we, we do that. We used to do that a lot more before the age of internet when we only had telephones and we couldn't actually see anybody. One of the things that first responders do when they come to a scene is they, what do they do? They talk to the person. Can you hear me? Can you hear my voice? They seek to calm the one that is heard. You've probably had the experience of holding someone's hand in distress and saying, I'm here. I'm with you. Hear my 
voice, that voice is soothing, that voice is calming, that voice is assuring. That's why Moses says to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 30 verse 20, listen to the Lord's voice. That's why Job 37 verse 2, listen, listen to the roar of His voice, to the rumbling that comes from His mouth. Isaiah 28, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention to what I say. Is it not true that we so badly want the Lord to hear our voice when we cry out to Him? But do we really want to hear His voice when He speaks to us? Psalm 29 sets the rumbling, thunderous voice of Yahweh in a graphic storm. A storm that's brewing over the Mediterranean Sea. And it's moving, it's forging, it's forming, and it's moving towards landfall. Here's a little map that'll just, I hope you can see it, and it'll give us a little bit of a, an, an, an orientation. The psalmist has got some sort of vantage point or, or perhaps he just knows the weather patterns of common storms at that time. And, and so what's happening is that he's, he's got a knowledge or a vantage point that the storm is, is forming and forging over the Mediterranean Sea. And it's, and it's going to make landfall. And as it makes landfall, it's, it's going to start to move south, verse 5, towards the Lebanon mountains and even further south, verse 6, to Syrian in your Bible, which is actually Mount Hermon in Hebrew, but the storm will also move north, verse 8, and will land in the desert of Kadesh. So what the psalmist wants us to do is he wants us to hear the thunderous, electrifying, powerful, glorious voice of God in the storm. And I'm going to take you through the voice. Firstly, the voice is over the waters. The voice is over the waters. Verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. And as you hear those words, it should be reminiscent. And Simon pointed to that, reminiscent of of. of the words we hear right at the beginning of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. Remember these words? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said. In other words, as the voice is over the waters, the, the voice of God is creative. And as the psalmist watches the forming of the storm, as he, as he hears the thunder, as he hears the rumbling from afar, the thunder is giving voice to the glory of God of creation. It is the God who speaks. It is the God who says, let there be, and there is. It is the God who creates everything from nothing. It's the heavens that declare the glory of God it says in Psalm 19, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. And as the psalmist is in some sort of vantage point looking at this forming, forging storm over the Mediterranean, I wonder what it looked like. 
Maybe it looks something like that. Or maybe as the storm formed, it maybe it looks something like that. In those days, of course, there was no uh, TV. There were no meteorologists telling them daily of the, the forming storms over the Mediterranean Sea. Unlike today, where every single day on the news, we get the weather patterns, don't we? We get the meteorologists telling us of the forming and the forging of the storms, the wind and the rain that's coming, the, the, these, these storms that are going to hit landfall at some point and are going to bring destruction and damage of, 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 of some nature. But have you noticed that when you listen to the weather patterns and it's on every single news, they never tell you about the God of the storm, do they? These storms are always presented as predictable impersonal forces of mother nature that will hit the land in various categories, bringing various degrees of damage. But did you notice what the psalmist said? The voice of the Lord is both over and in the storm. It's the God of glory who thunders. It's the voice of the Lord is powerful. The, the voice of the Lord is majestic. It's the thunder that's giving voice to the glory of God. It is, it is God who's putting himself on display in the storms. The thunder voices his creativity. The voice, the, 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 the thunder voices his eternality. The thunder booms his voice that is heard in all of creation. Psalm 19 goes on to say, they have no speech, they have no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. You might remember in Job 38 verse 1, it was the Lord who spoke to Job out of the storm. The voice over the water is the voice over creation. The voice over the water is the voice of creative power. It's, it's the voice of ownership. From the voice of the water we go to the voice over Lebanon. Look at verses 5 to 7. As the storm makes landfall, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, Syrian, Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. And so look at that map again and notice we've, we've gone from here and we, we've moved across and, and, and it's made landfall and it's coming down here to the Lebanon mountains and it will go further down to, to Mount Hermon. But notice this time as the storm hits land, it's, it's striking with flashes of lightning. I wonder what it looked like. Maybe it looks something like that. Or maybe it looks something like that. 
as the storm hits the mountains, cedars. Cedars are, are actually massive trees. They are they're trees with like steel-like roots. And you might remember they were used as buildings in the temple back in the Old Testament. You might remember that the king of Tyre, 1 Kings 5, he actually chops down these the, the trees and he sends them down as rafts, as, as logs down to King Solomon so that he can build the temple. They are they are monstrous in size. But notice if you've got your Bible, notice verse 5. These cedars, as they are hit by the storm, they, 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 they just, they uprooted as if these trees were little toothpicks in the ground. But notice verse 5. It says, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. What is, what is he talking about? As 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 God is uprooting the cedars in Lebanon, as He's bringing this upheaval and this destruction, what, what's going on? And it's actually in Daniel chapter 2 that we start to get the clue. Daniel says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. And here it comes. He deposes kings. And raises up others. As the nations rage and the wars rumble, the uprooting storms of life tell us that God is on the throne. And the human kingdoms and the rising and the falling of human kingdoms, they are at His voice, at His command. It is God who raises up. It is God who brings down. On the 16th of October, 1793, at the start of the French Revolution, the French Queen Marie Antoinette was guillotined. She was beheaded just a few months after her husband, King Louis XIV, was executed. It is God who raises up. It is God who brings down. But you see, it's God's King Jesus who has defeated the violent forces of the demonic revolution, rising from the dead and reigning in glory at the Father's side, never to be uprooted, never to be deposed. One thing I hope that you've noticed as you've either been through a storm or watched the storms, when storms of such a ferocious nature come, what can stop them? Nothing. There is very little. There is, very, there is no human resistance to a storm that hips. When a storm comes, it wipes out everything just like food is wiped out from a plate. And after a storm has swept through, whether it be wind or hail or lightning or thunder, we, we, maybe we've become accustomed to pictures that look like this. Or maybe we've been accustomed to pictures that look like that. But Psalm 145.13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all He promises and faithful in all He does. The voice over Lebanon speaks of the relentless, unstoppable, irresistible power of God to accomplish 
all that he has purposed. And human resistance is like a candle blowing in the wind. It was God who took Pharaoh from the highest of heights to the lowest of lows to display his saving power. It was God who took Nebuchadnezzar from the highest of heights to the lowest of low. He took one of the most wicked men on the face of the earth and brought him so low in order that he would utter these words in Daniel chapter 4. From the words of Nebuchadnezzar, his dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? This is the voice of Yahweh over Lebanon. Where the father would take his son from the highest of heights, glory itself, to the lowest of low at the cross to rescue us from a kingdom of darkness and bring us into a kingdom of light. Got your Bible, look at verse 6. Lebanon skips like a calf and Mount Hermon like a, like a young ox. And this sort of Hebrew is not very familiar to us, but, but, but if the mountains of Lebanon and the mountains of Mount Hermon are, 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 are skipping like animals, what it means is that all of nature, all of creation is dancing and skipping to the tune of Almighty God, the voice of Yahweh. Here are some words from a very well-known song called The Ancient of Days by City of Light. I think we sing it here sometimes. Though the nations rage, kingdoms rise and fall, there is still one king reigning over all. So I will not fear, for this truth remains that my God is the ancient of days. That's what, that's what the voice, that's what the voice over Lebanon is. It's the voice of the ancient of days. We've seen the voice over the water. We've seen the voice over Lebanon and Mount Hermon. And thirdly, the voice over the desert. One last time at that map. Notice that it's gone south, but now we're starting to look north as the storm makes landfall and it will hit here somewhere in the desert of Kadesh. Verse 8, the Lord, the voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. And strips the forest bare. The storm has now hit the desert with this incredible impact. The desert, it's like the desert is shaking. It, 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 because of the ferocity of this, of this storm, it's, it's, it's animals like deer that have actually gone into premature labor. That's what happens. Ladies that are, that, that are, that, that are pregnant, if you've put undue stress on them, they can go into premature labor. That's the effect that the storm is having on nature. But, but notice it's, it's the voice of the Lord doing these things. It's the voice of the Lord we've got to hear in the desert. 
And it's these words. This is what we've got to hear from Isaiah 45. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do these things. But I want you to think about a desert for a moment. Deserts are desolate places, aren't they? They're barren places. It's a wilderness. God's people, for all their disobedience, wandered for 40 years in the desert. If today you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the wilderness. It was in the wilderness, it was in the desert that that Jesus was fiercely tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights in parallel with Israel. And it was Jesus who said to the devil, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the voice of God. It was the last prophet of the Old Testament, John, who said this in John 1.23. He said, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. People heard his voice. They heard his voice and they came for a baptism of repentance. But God's power in the desert means that God can heal the barren womb. It was in the barren womb of Sarah, Rebecca, Hannah, and finally Mary, where God breathed the word of life, who would be the strength and the blessing of Israel. The voice of God in the desert is the voice of the God who can do the impossible. In Mark 10, after the rich man came to Jesus, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. To, to, to which the disciples said, well, then who then can be saved? To which Jesus replied, he looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible. The healing power of God is not in science. The healing power of God is in His voice. The voice over the desert is the voice of power, of hope, of change, of healing, and of possibilities. Then there is the voice over the flood. Verse 10 says, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. Now, in the Hebrew, Hebrew follows the same patterns and the same themes, but doesn't always say things exactly in the same way, but the point is made. So the way we read verse 10 is like this, is the voice of the Lord is over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. Implication now is that with the storm having hit land, it's gone south, it's gone north. The implication is that the storm has now brought severe flooding. Perhaps, perhaps the flood 
Perhaps even the desert itself has been flooded. Maybe it looked something like that. Or perhaps as the storm hit the forests of Lebanon, maybe the flooding looks something like that. Maybe some of us have forgotten what the floods in Queensland looked like not so long ago. The Hebrew word for flood in verse 10 is always associated with the flood in Genesis 6. Therefore, the, the voice of the Lord over the flood is the voice of judgment. Do you remember the, the voice of judgment in Genesis 6? The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all of the time. The Lord regretted he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Every man woman and child will be brought into the judgment of God. The voice of God over the flood is the voice of judgment. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 1. He says, although they, human beings, claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Do you want to know why God is going to bring all the world into judgment? Do you want to know why? Here's an answer for you. In Isaiah 42.8, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. Isaiah 48, 11, for my own sake, for my own sake I do this. How can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. Zephaniah puts it like this. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole earth will be consumed, for he will, he will make a sudden end to all who live on the earth. As Daniel put it like this, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. But it was Jesus who put it like this. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate people one from another like a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. As we go down to verse 41, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The voice of God over the flood is the voice of judgment. But number five, there is the voice of strength and peace. Back to verse 11. 
It's the Lord's voice that gives strength to His people. It's the Lord's voice that blesses His people with peace. Do you remember it was the voice of the Lord Jesus that calmed the storm? Remember that? By His voice, the wind and the waves were calmed. Remember it was the voice of the Lord Jesus that cast out the legion of demons and sent them into the pigs? Remember it was the voice of Jesus that breathed life into the lifeless body of that little girl? You see, it's the voice of Jesus that calms the voice of judgment. The voice of Jesus calms the voice of judgment because in Isaiah 53, 5, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. Since we've now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? The voice of the Lord speaking strength is the voice of the Lord speaking salvation over His people. And it is the Father who grants life to all who hear the voice of the Son and believe in Him. So how do you respond to the voice of God? How do you respond to the voice of God in the storm? I'm going to give you two ways. The first way we respond is praise. We give voice with our voice to the angelic beings in verse 1 and 2. We give praise as the angelic beings do. Ascribe, verse 1, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Think about it this way. How do the angels in heaven respond to the God who speaks salvation in Christ to His people? How do the angels in heaven respond to the Father who grants salvation to His people in Christ. They praise. They glorify. They honor. Remember the angels in Isaiah 6? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Do you remember, do you remember the, the, the angels at the birth of Christ in Luke, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. What? Peace to those on whom His favor rests. Do you remember the voice of the angelic beings in Revelation 5? In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and praise. I'm going to read you some words from a song that we sing here. Here's how we respond to the voice of God in the storm. 
Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne. And unto the Lamb, praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and power and strength. Be to our God forever and ever. Be to our God forever and ever. Be to our God forever and ever. And we the redeemed shall be strong in purpose and unity, declaring aloud praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and power and strength. We respond in praise and worship. Secondly, we listen to His voice. Do you remember the voice of the Father on the, on the mountain in Matthew 17? As Jesus was transfigured, as He was metamorphosized, the Greek word, as He showed His glory, the voice of the Father said, This is my Son whom I love. And what comes next? Listen to Him. Jesus said, hear my voice. In John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want to say to you this morning, little flock of Jesus, little flock of Jesus, we need to listen to the voice of Jesus in 2024. There were many storms that we faced in 2024, personally. There are many storms that we're still going to face. They're coming. The problem is some of the storms from 23 are actually still with us in 24. They just follow you through, right, over midnight. They don't disappear. And bring something up on the screen, and I want you to hear the voice of your father. Now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, I want you to put your name there. Put your name in there. Garrett, put your name in there. Stuart, put your name there. Ray, put your name there. Kerry, put your name there. Joy, put your name there. I'm going to put my name there. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Paul. He who formed you, Paul. Do not be afraid in 2024, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, Paul, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you, Paul. When you walk through the fire, Paul, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You know what the voice of the Lord is in 2024? Even in the storms? I'll never leave you. And I will never forsake you. 
And if you're here this morning and uh, you're not a Christian yet, you're not someone who yet declares to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to say this to you this morning. If that's you, do not today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In the words of Isaiah 55, 3, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Would you listen to the voice of your Lord in 2024? Gathering team will lead us through our final song.